0: You know, I think if you're thinking about moving along in your Salesforce career, just be brave. If you don't try, you don't know. And if you try and it doesn't work out, you can always go back. Leave those doors open and you can always go back. But be brave. If I hadn't put together that first girly Geeks session, you know, 10 years ago, um, probably wouldn't be where I am now or my life would look very different
1: to me. What's up, everyone? This is Ankit from Forcepreneur.com, and you're listening to The Forcepreneur Podcast. On this show, I talk to founders of successful Salesforce companies and try to get a sense of what it is to be an entrepreneur in Salesforce Cosmos. How did it all start, and how was the journey until now? How do they make decisions, both in professional and personal life? Our goal here is to learn from their examples so that the rest of us can go on and build our own profitable Salesforce businesses. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our sponsors, Blaze New Trail. For a long time, there has never been a centralized directory for all Salesforce jobs. Blaze New Trail tries to solve this problem. It's a job board made for the Ohana by the Ohana. So if you are a candidate looking for your next challenge, check out some openings that are there. Or if you are a company looking for your next trailblazer, then go to www.blazeneutrail.com and post a job over there it's absolutely free and cost nothing thank you and now enjoy the episode to be honest i'm a little nervous to interview our guest today this person has been recommended not by 1 or 2 or 3 but four different people i'm also very impressed by her leadership style in the last few weeks which we will discuss later in the episode she is a salesforce mvp founder and CEO of NDM Inc. And as Mr. Ian Gotts said, another Brit living in America. Hello, Geraldine, how are you doing today?
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very well.
1: So, yeah, how are things in Houston?
0: Uh, Things are a little strange. So I've been home since the 11th of March and uh, barely left the house, but that's okay. It is what it is. Um, Hopefully my lack of movement will... You know, help other people to stay well.
1: Fair enough. That's good. So, yeah, it's about yourself and how did you get started with NDM and your relationship with Salesforce? How did it all start?
0: So, I moved to America, gosh, tw- 20 years ago this summer. And I had been working in the UK. I used to work for the CEO of Citibank. And when I came to the US, I didn't have a uh, work permit. So while I was waiting waiting for my work permit to come along, I did a little bit of work through the UK. I was married to a guy who was doing Salesforce and implementing it for Compaq. That was a long, long time ago. But uh, he needed an admin. I did some little bit of admin work to help him. And so 20 years ago this June is when I started working in Salesforce. I put myself through college, um, went to Texas A&M, so Giga Maggie's. when I left or when I was graduating from university by now I had my, my work permit people started asking me to do a bit of Salesforce work I really had no intention of making this my career but as more people in Houston were asking me to do Salesforce I kind of fell into it and started working for a small boutique company went to a slightly larger boutique company uh, ended up working for Aperio when Apereo is quite small so there's maybe less than 200 people when I first joined and Uh, Worked at Aperio for a couple of years which was super fun working with the the smartest of the smartest people and when I um, as I sort of rose up in the Aperio ranks, I was on the road more and more and more. I was recently remarried and I wanted to be home. Um, Monday morning six o'clock somebody called me from California and they said hey, I've got some work. Will you do some work? The next day was Tuesday. Somebody pinged me on LinkedIn. The chap that pinged me on LinkedIn is called Nathan Yerrim Nathan said, Hey, we have a uh, Salesforce. We have a customer that has Salesforce. They need some help. Can you come help them? Thursday that week, I had a check for $15,000. And nice. that was it. That was it. Go Endium. So it went from, I'm going to spend my summer running and doing nothing and you know hanging out to, okay, well now I have a company. So my, so my first company was a healthcare company uh, that we did work for. And then the second customer was Salesforce.
1: Salesforce as a customer. Please enlighten me. How does that happen? <laughs> uh, and when was this? How, <laughs> wrong, how, how long are you running Ndm? Uh,
0: so we're eight years old now. Uh, this, mm-hmm. was, um, this was, this yeah, April, eight years ago. So 2013, 2020, I think about 2013. And um, they pinged, somebody pinged me on Twitter. And it said, these quotes that stick in your mind your whole life. Um, it said, here you started your own gig. Want to talk about a project?
1: Question Interesting. Mark. So let me just recap. So you were you became an accidental in, uh, admin and then you became an accidental founder. It just kept happening.
0: Well, I, beca- I became a consultant. Yeah. So so I, I, I did a little bit of, I already knew CRM. I understand the, the basics of how relational databases work. So I already knew some CRM. I turned that into a little bit of Salesforce work, became a consultant doing Salesforce, was a consultant for several years. And then... Yeah, accidentally started a company, so I'm an accidental entrepreneur rather than an accidental admin.
1: Fair enough. Um, so, what does NDM do?
0: Yeah. So. And
1: how big is your team?
0: Um, so our team right now is shrunk a little bit because of COVID, which is very unfortunate. Um, but we have about twelve people in the Houston office, and then on our remote team, there's about twenty five. Uh, that fluctuates a little bit, so we have some contractors that come in every now and then, um, but usually there's yeah, around 40-odd people um, getting making their living out of Endium. And what do we do? Super simple. So we do good work for nice customers. Our customers tend to be referrals. They come to us knowing they have a problem that they ask us to help solve. And because most of our work is word of mouth, it's usually the CFO, the CEO, the CIO, CMO, somebody at that kind of level um, gets our name from, I guess, a friend of a friend and they, they, they call us in to either fix a project or fix a process problem or maybe um, help them rescue a project that isn't going so well, uh, do a net new implementation where they think that change management is going to be a challenge. Um, but really it's, it's more about the can you do Salesforce and rather than can you help us solve our business challenges. And the tool that we use is Salesforce.
1: So um, Mr. Gotts mentioned something about NDM offering admin as a service. Is this something that you do? Yeah, please tell us a little bit more about that. And is there something more that NDM does? So apart from doing the traditional consulting analysis, implementation, rollout training, what is admin as a service? And how did you come up with the idea, please?
0: How did we come up? Um, Well, eight years ago, somebody told me I should do this. And I didn't listen and I should have done it eight years ago. Um, However, I probably wasn't in a place where I could have supported this eight years ago. So around the middle of last year, I noticed that our customers were keeping us for ongoing support and they were paying for consultants to do ongoing support, which puts a burden on a consultant when they want to move on to a new project. But it also becomes an expensive way for customers to keep us as their Salesforce admins, right? So they needed something that was more cost effective and yet still as trusted and still as um, highly regarded or, or you know, has, has a level of integrity. And so I, did, I had also met some people, a lot of people, who were trying to get into becoming Salesforce admins and how do I be a Salesforce admin? And so putting together that there are folks that have zero Salesforce experience, but they're very clever at what they do. So they're very, you know, they've got analytical mindsets and they've got a lot of customer service experience putting together these humans with the need to deliver a service to our customers so that consultants could move on to other projects. I thought there's a way to do this, but there's also a way to do it that's smarter than just delivering managed services. So traditional managed services, you hope that a customer will buy 100 hours a month and they'll only actually use 50. Well, our business model is slightly different from that in that we base the number of hours you need on the number of licenses you have. And then we have a bundle of services and products that we use, so we bring best-in-class technology. So for example, um, customers always have reports that they want written, they always have security that needs to be addressed, they always have onboarding and offboarding and training, uh, they always have small tweaks that they want to do, so you know, real um, simple admin stuff that doesn't need a consultant, but it does need somebody who has experience and knows what they're doing. So we put together the need to support an org with the best practices and the idea of, if I was an admin, what would I love to have? Well, I'd love to have a backup tool. I'd love to have something that documents my environment and documents my requirements so I can show when changes get made, why they got made. I need to have a training tool, so something that does training inside Salesforce. And um, I need to know that the person knows my org. So we hired some folks, Trained them on Salesforce completely from scratch. They basically knew nothing. They'd never been a consultant. They'd never been a Salesforce admin. And I determined that this was going to be a great way to give them an opportunity to learn Salesforce and make a career, a complete career transition from what they were doing before. And this is a great opportunity for our customers to have the trust and integrity of an Endium consultant, but on a fractional level. So we have fractional... Salesforce admins as a a service, yeah.
1: That's very clever and intelligent. I'm very impressed, yeah.
0: Well, thank you. It was, um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it was a huge amount of money to invest in hopes that you kind of hope it will work out. Um, And then a lot of relationship building with companies to build trust so that they would allow us to use their products inside our customers' orgs. But, you know, the customer pays a a set price um, per month for a set number of hours and Half the hours are reactive, and half the hours are proactive. So half the hours the customer is saying, hey, I need a report, I need an onboard person, I need to um, you know, uh, change something in Salesforce. And then the other half of the hours are data grooming, training users, running office hours, but really being proactive to make sure the customer gets great benefit from the money that they're spending. And if we say we're gonna deliver 30 hours or 50 hours or 100 hours, we are delivering that many hours and it's all traceable and, and super transparent to the customer. So they know that we're not um, billing them for work that isn't getting done.
1: Very impressive, very impressive. Thank you. Nice. So speaking again of the Salesforce as a customer, do you do implementation for Salesforce or do you guys work together? Like I know when a new customer buys Salesforce licenses, they kind of you know want one of those good consultancies to go ahead and do the implementation so the customer is happy. So, you know, So it's a win-win for all. So how did that work out?
0: Uh, so, for the most part, we've done work for Salesforce on their own Salesforce. So, we've, I've, in the past, we've worked with the Dreamforce team, the events team, um, product marketing, app exchange folks, uh, we've worked with uh, the UX team.
1: So you have helped Salesforce implement Salesforce?
0: For Salesforce, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's very bizarre. It's very nice. bizarre. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, but yeah, you know, sounds... like their, job is, uh, their job is not to implement their own, their own Salesforce all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody has a struggle for talent. They have the same struggle wow. for talent, um, their job is not always to implement Salesforce for themselves. And so sometimes they need help too. And when you're on a, when you need somebody technical to do the work, you can hire somebody technical to do that work um, for the short term, you don't need them all the time. So we'd be hired in and we would do projects.
1: You must be really, yeah, you must be really good at what you do. We're yeah. quite good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're quite we're also also we're very good at you know keeping secrets
1: so you are now let's say eight nine years in the running and Mm. i mean you have a solid business you have solid customers but you know salesforce consultancy now there are so many consultancies growing up like mushrooms also from india like in berlin itself i know in the last three or four years like four or five people getting together and they're like we can also do this so how are you maintaining your edge or how are you dealing with competition
0: Man, it's rough. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie, yeah. it's tough. Um, we are we have a reputation for coming in to fix projects that big companies have struggled to do. Mm-hmm. And we have a reputation for keeping our mouth shut and getting the work done. So we tend to um, come in, we don't do this thing. Uh, they have this phrase in America called Monday morning quarterbacking, which is essentially where you critique somebody else's work. Um, and, and mm-hmm. rip it apart and say, well, I would have done it this way. Uh, we try really hard not to do that. I mean, it's it's easy. And of course, you get a perverse pleasure from, from doing that. Um, but I also don't want somebody to do that to us, right? Because when you have a project in your hand, you have right. the requirements and the budget and the timeline. And you don't know what other people have built as time as requirements, timeline and budgets. So, so, so that's rough. But um, in terms of competition, we're fortunate that customers... If a customer moves they tend to take them take us with them to their new company they also tend to leave us behind mm-hmm. you know uh, we have a set of phenomenal best practices and a, a real premier tool set that we use for our customers so um, it makes us quite sticky and i think customers trust us you know okay. we we will tell a customer if we think that a project is not a good spend or we will tell a customer we think they're not gonna get a great value. And that can be very detrimental to our relationship with um, a salesperson who just wants to sell licenses, but it's better for the long-term health of the customer that they have a really solid implementation and that they get great value from the tool than they spend money unnecessarily. So, impressive. Um, and, and as I said, I think earlier, you know, we really get called in because of our processes and uh, the folks that work here at NDM are really very compassionate and considerate towards the users and we understand that this is not their only project you know they may be working on a salesforce project with us but they have another job and you you have to be kind to these folks and say you know this is not your only job We, we get it
1: right so uh this monday morning quarterbacking that's a very important that's a very nice value i've never heard it before just hold that thought i'll come back to that so in terms of, again, competition, in terms of price and, um, you know, a lot of now consultancies are opening in India and other places. How do you battle that price thing? You know, uh, you know, and especially in America, there are other costs of living. And, you know, then you have some some MVPs who have opened their own shops. How do you battle that challenge?
0: Well, I don't think that you will win a war on price. Right. It just becomes a, a race to the bottom. Um, so I think you have to say what is fair to the customer, and you know what's fair to you is fair to me. And I think when customers realize uh, the salaries that some of the higher end consultants can can command, you know they appreciate that this isn't necessarily a super cheap gig. And most of our customers are, enter- are enterprise level, so they are used to working with SAP for. 10, 20 years, Oracle, they, <laughs> okay. they understand the life cycle of, of how these things, <laughs> okay. These, okay. these tools go, you know, so, yeah. so they're, they're, they're not calling you in thinking that your, their project is going to cost $1,000. You know, equally, if you overprice and overbid a project, you better be able to justify why the project costs what you think it's going to cost. Um, and, and, you know, and there's some projects where you may say, hey, I know exactly how much this project's going to be, I'm going to do a fixed fee. And then there's other projects where you just say there's a lot of unknowns, or there's a lot of technical debt we may have to conquer, and we're you know we're gonna do it for time and material. So I think different companies work their models differently, but I also know that having been doing this for nearly 20 years, I know how long it takes to do the work, right? Um, but then there's also the how long does it take to explain to the end user? So there's training or, or there's requirement gathering. Uh, there's UAT. There's you know, smoke testing, right? You know, is, is the is the solution going to hold up to the volume of data? And then also, what a lot of people don't do is they they don't warranty their work. Whereas in our NSA, we warranty our work. So we we had something we built for a customer. Um, it worked perfectly when they had you know X number of users on it. When they had ten X users, yeah, it got pretty flaky. Um, mm-hmm. The customer was concerned they thought they were going to have to pay to rebuild it and i was like no this is our warranty we said that this would work you know our first solution didn't work so we we worked out with salesforce what the challenge was we fixed it and the second solution is working and it's scaling much better now we were building something that nobody else had ever built before so of course it was was hard to tell whether it really was going to work um but, but it was it was what this customer needed and it was the specs that they wanted and there was no other solution that was going to work for them, so it had to be a custom build. But just being able to say to them that, you know, our warranty and our word and our MSA, right? How contract? long is this warranty? Um, 30 days, so, but, okay. but you, you know early on, right? So you know right. very early on um, yeah. whether or not something's going to work. So we were, we were in UAT, we had a small number of users, they were going to go live with about 700 users. And um, when they had, I think maybe 40 users, it worked fine. Um, when they had 400 users, it was like, oh wait, hang on a minute. Okay, so we backed it out, um, and we had a new we had a new solution in place. It was all we really had to do was was look at a different API, but we had a new solution in place within about two weeks, and we had a, um, you know, they're they're using that now and it, it works very well. But again, it was something that nobody else had ever done. So sometimes you're you're going to come into these things, but yeah, for the customer to not have to turn around and repay for all of that work, it, there's, there's no wrangling. So impressive.
1: Yeah. So starting from that $15,000 check, what's the revenue now and what has been your growth like?
0: Hmm. <laughs> so revenue is a good question. I'd say it doesn't really matter what your revenue is. It more matters. are like, are you making money? Are you paying your bills? Are you doing good work? Um, and is it sustainable? Right. Because you have a lot of mouths that you have to feed. So I think year number one, we did um, about 117,000 and it was just me and a couple of remote folks. And then year number two, we built from there. Um, we really, I, I don't, I, I less concentrate on the revenue number and I more concentrate on are we doing good work? Do people want to work here? Is it fun? Is the, uh, do the customers have fun? Do the customers get good work? Do they continue to ask us to do more work? You know, that, that's really the sign of, of getting repeat business. Um, and then thinking about how can I make Endium a place where people can build a career? right so i I've, so I understand I'm deflecting the what's your revenue question, but uh, revenue is all relative right you can you can make a million dollars you can make ten million dollars but if right. you spend a million dollars in the company trying to do that or if you make a million dollars and and you spend hundred and um, you know one point one million dollars um, revenue is irrelevant i I think a good indicator of revenue today in what are we april twenty April twenty twenty um, amidst the covid Crisis. A good revenue, a good indicator of revenue is, do I have enough cash in the bank to pay my people for three to six months?
1: And absolutely, yes. absolutely. And yeah.
0: nobody is, uh, you know, n- nobody is going to lose their job uh, from ending Very impressive. Because we Very we impressive. will run out of money now if we run out of projects. That's entirely different. We will <laughs> run out of money eventually, but as um, so long as we continue to get projects, we can continue to keep paying people and. That's a skill that is unrelated to Salesforce. And I think it's a skill you can't, you can't learn, right? You have to be cash conservative. So in your house and in your business.
1: But your growth has been positive. So you have been, can you give us like, uh, you have a year on your 10% growth or has that been slow and steady, wins the race kind of stuff or exploded like Andrea last episode?
0: <laughs> yeah, we've had some years where we've just sort of like double growth. Um, but I can, I, here is a good question. You can ask me, Geraldine, how long did it take you to get to a million in revenue?
1: Okay. How long did it take you to get to a million in revenue?
0: One year. The year I decided we wanted to do a million in revenue was the Mm -hmm. year I put my foot to the metal, like put my foot on the pedal and, 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 and took off. And that was the year that we did a million.
1: So my motivation for this question, as we quickly discussed before, is so the listeners know, is the juice worth the squeeze?
0: Is the juice worth the squeeze? Well, I love my job. Yeah. I've been doing it now for eight years. So I guess the juice is worth the squeeze. Right. But there's also some really tough, 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 tough moments. And right. yeah, it can be frustrating. But I think the juice is worth the squeeze.
1: Perfect. So let's stick to that tough moments. And so before I come to your challenges, what are the core values or the best practices that you've built around NDM? Because And you are a solo founder, right? Or how do you run the ship?
0: No, I'm, yeah, it's, uh, well, I run the ship with a team of amazingly clever people, um, but yeah, I am a a solo founder. Um, I started it, I started myself, I I own the whole company.
1: Um, What are the values or best practices that you try to inculcate or is in the center of NDM?
0: Okay, um, so I think that the, the core values of the company is that we do good work for nice customers and that's really driven by how we recruit people and how people find us. So uh, we hire people for intellect, passion, compassion, integrity, and enthusiasm, and that means that they are smart, they're driven, they understand that, you know, for the customer this is not their only project. Um, the integrity is, is having a high level of integrity is incredibly important. Um, sometimes people have wobbly moments, and the folks that have wobbly moments are probably not the right people to, to work for Endium, and they'll, you know, they'll be firing themselves pretty quick. And then... Um, they work hard and they like to work. And that doesn't mean that work is, that Endium is your only job because people have work outside of you know, the, the work that gets paid. Right, they have volunteer work, they have community work, they have their, their families, um, they have their own community or family they've built up around them. Um, but they do good work outside of Endium outside of and, and that's really important
1: interesting no I think those are really good values um so I see a lot of female uh, people on the pictures which is a very good thing and I appreciate that <laughs> is that a conscious choice do you promote s- more female entrepreneurship I saw also I mean you don't need to be an entrepreneur just to be a CEO you know people can be head of departments and have that entrepreneurial spirit and I saw this NDM video which was nice by the way um there was also yeah they were mostly f- women I think there was just one guy oh yeah. am I wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, I think that's just the way the chips have fallen in the last few years that okay. uh, we've been hired by women to uh-huh. work for them, right? So um, you're probably referring to one of the CIOs or the, the CFOs or the CEOs that have hired us in. But it, it goes back to really everything. Just focus on doing good work, low drama, get your stuff done, don't make a fuss, um, make, make sure that you communicate well to the the people on your team and and the people on the customer's team as well and being transparent and you know i i only have one version of myself i encourage other people to bring them themselves to work as as humans
1: very nice
0: that's difficult when you're early in your career you maybe don't have that confidence but once you feel that you can bring yourself to work people they see the real you and And they know that that's the person they can trust. So you mentioned that several people had asked had said, "Hey, you should talk to Geraldine on on this podcast. Um, they they all know me. There is only one version of me. They, they get the same version, and sometimes that is to my detriment for sure.
1: Hello, listeners. Well, I hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we continue, I would like to share information about another side project that I'm working on. So, as you might know, I have been freelancing for the last 5 plus years and a lot of time people ask me how do I do it. Therefore, I have decided to make an online course about it and then publish it very soon. Now I'm still in the preparation mode and in order to make this course useful for you guys, I need your help. I want you to go ahead and provide me feedback about what you want and what are the hurdles that you face and what kind of information you need. Without this information, this course will not be useful. So go to forcepreneur.com forward slash freelance and I have created a small survey over there. It's just going to take less than five minutes or maybe two and then I can go ahead and work on this course. Thank you. It's forcepreneur.com forward slash freelance and now enjoy the episode jump to community now or I have this other question let's keep on the entrepreneurship thing Uh, recently I was very impressed where you lowered the number of days on Friday and then I think you made the Friday completely off so where was first of all kudos to you for that I think it's really great I am a very big proponent of three to four days work per week that was a really nice move so what was the motivation behind that
0: so you know right now in the in the COVID crisis and people have are all working from home their lives are different and you need to be able to say I understand that your life is different, my life is different, I have about four hours less per day to do my work than I had before and I have you know almost as much work if not more and when I thought about how this was impacting my time every day and how you have extra responsibilities because of some, maybe some of the work that you would outsource like people looking after your children is less likely to be happening and it's more of a pressure on you and you don't have that same routine that you have when you're mostly going to the office or going on site to customers. It's a need to feel compassion for other people and recognize you're not the only one in this. And so we would get to the end of the week or towards the end of the week, the the first week or two, and I just thought, this is silly. Why are we working on Fridays for the sake of working on Fridays? Everybody can just finish at 12 o'clock. So on Fridays, we always have a training session in the morning, and so um, we had our training session in the morning, but I announced earlier in the week, like, hey, we're just gonna have a weekend and make it a slightly longer weekend. And so we called it uh, Weekendium, (laughs) because why not? And then uh, the next Friday or the Friday two weeks later was Good Friday, and we voted earlier this year what uh, national holidays we would take. We we get all the federal holidays off, but we voted which national holidays we would take, and everybody backloaded them to, to Christmas time. And I was just like, you know, it's Good Friday. Business is quiet for most of our customers. You know, a lot of our customers are out. Um, a lot of people would normally take this as a vacation day. Everyone's at home anyway. So just take the day off. Why not take the day off? And uh, next Friday, so the first weekend in May, uh, we're doing the same thing where we're taking um, the Friday off. I can't remember if we're finishing at 12 or it's, it's the whole day. But it's really just to say,
1: of course, like, yeah. why
0: not? You know, folks are still working and they're working hard. So why not? What's, what's the harm in giving them nice. extra time? There's there's no harm in it whatsoever. And and if the world falls apart or somebody's Salesforce force blows up, I know that the team is going to be right back on it.
1: Of course. That's very nice. And also you have the trust. Yeah. They're so just a question. Did you think about the monetary repercussions on the business because of this? Or was it more it came from the gut and the heart and you were like, no, we're going to do this.
0: I just think it's the
1: right thing to do. Okay. Very good. Yeah, that's perfect. I, just... I, I must also say this is something, it's a bonus, maybe because you're a female entrepreneur and you're a mother yourself and you then you could think that with like, you know, we as guys, sometimes we don't see things like that when you put us in the <laughs> traditional role. So I would like to work for you like that. And that's why I think there should be more female entrepreneurs because they have a different, you know, uh, way of dealing with things and they feel differently. And that's why that's how these things like this come out nobody else did it, you did it, you know, and I think it came from, yeah, uh, from your kids.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just something you do from the heart, right? You just do it from the heart. Um, So we have, we do have guys that work for us, especially in our remote team. Um, Our remote team is probably half and half. Um, The local Houston team is, right now, it's all female. Um, But we also have a lot of technical folks that work for us, uh, that are around the US that just aren't in, in the office. And, you know, everybody deserves a break.
1: Um, Have you noticed a change in the morale of your employees after you implemented these changes? Would you recommend it to other entrepreneurs? Like they should do it, right?
0: I strongly think that if you are not leading with compassion and understanding at a time when folks need compassion and understanding, and you need to recognize in the same way that we say to our customers, you know, this is not your only project. Right now, folks working from home, they're not really working from home. They're, they've got 17 jobs at the same time, you right. know, and, and not a lot of help to do it. And you need to think about putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, right. and what would life be like for them. So I, I, I don't know that um, it was necessarily published, but one of the other things that we did is that looking, that it looked like there was gonna be a shutdown in Houston. And it became to me more and more obvious that was, to, that was what was going to happen. And so uh, the day before it happened, we you know, obviously it wasn't announced, right? But the day before it happened, I just thought, you know, people are probably worrying about do I need to go to the grocery store? Do I have enough money to go to the grocery store? How do I get to go to the grocery and do my work? And so that morning, uh, I just called it and I said, okay, we're finishing at 11. Everybody go home uh there's 200 dollars per employee on your way to your bank account so you can go buy extra groceries or supplies that you feel that you might need whatever you need to do that's the right thing for you if you want to stay at work you can stay at work (laughs) (laughs) but um please go take this time you know if you want to go um some people still have their kids in daycare so if you want to go pick up your kids early or whatever it is you need to do just go do the right thing that's right for you and don't even worry about work because work work will always be there it's like laundry Laundry is always there, never goes away. <laughs>
1: um, okay, so you are also a Salesforce MVP. When were you awarded that year?
0: 2010.
1: And how, so how has, I know the Houston, Texas community is very vibrant. And how are your relationships with the local Ohana? What do you think about the Salesforce community? Also the events. So Texas Dreaming happens there. Are you sponsoring some events? Do you take part in events? What's your take on the community?
0: Uh so we're pretty good at writing checks. Mm-hmm. However, we're mostly write checks to charities. Right. So that's if I'm gonna if I'm gonna write a check for sponsoring something, I'm probably gonna write a check for somebody that really needs to put food on their table and, and feed their kids. Uh, right. there's an organization right here in Houston called Kids Meals. Um we've doubled our donations to them for the remainder of the from the beginning of this event to the remainder of the summer. Um so that's probably our sponsorship money right there. And um one of the challenges that we find when we go to the events is that they can vary so the first year is really hard for folks to put together a community event and you want to support them by the time they get to year three they're pretty cool and they absolutely don't need us they have they have lots of other sponsors instead um but we're always willing to you know write a check for somebody that basically needs needs the check is we do a lot of that um In terms of the community, there is a lot of community activity, a lot of Ohana activity in in Houston. I tend to not go to all of the user groups unless they particularly want me to go and maybe speak about something. Um, I feel that I have a lot of knowledge and I've kind of had my turn. It's an opportunity to give other people a turn and other people a chance. So if they want me to do something specific, I will. But I think there's also a lot of other new, fresh faces and if us old Salesforce MVPs, you know, dominate the, we show up, we have a tendency Fair to dominate. Enough. I think, it, enough. I think it
1: takes people. a champion to go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to take the step back and the next generation can come in. Now I know why so many people recommended you. So, uh, yeah. but um, Yeah,
0: yeah I'm, very good at, <laughs> I'm very good at growing the next generation of MVPs. I, was, I made it my mission to get the first female uh, MVP developer. And that year we didn't just get one, we got
1: two interesting so let's talk about um, what have been your top three challenges of running a salesforce specific enterprise or a consultancy and how did you overcome them
0: well number one is how do you find customers right and, and and what does your search or what does your lead model look like so we've tracked our data since day one and we know what a good lead looks like and for us we know that when we're given a warm introduction and someone says, "Hey, this person has Salesforce and they need help, or they're getting Salesforce and they need help." And that's from a customer that already exists. You know that that's that's really where we get our work from. Um, number two, so so find how do you find customers is your first challenge. I think your next challenge is ensuring that you are financially conservative and that you protect your payroll.
1: Very so important the, in current times.
0: Very important in current times. I I think there's a lot of companies who have will have a rough time you know making sure all of their people get paid and then i I think the third challenge is probably around um you know kind of compassion and um thinking about how other people need to be treated and um also recognizing you know that sometimes it's time for people to leave you know you, you may grow somebody to a certain point in their career and they might be the best employee you've had. And then you turn around one day and you realize that something in them and or in their life has changed. And you know, they're not the right fit anymore. Well, let me help you find your next job. And if I can be of help, I will. Or, you know, being able to have that conversation says, hey, I don't think we're the right place for you anymore. And if if there's one mistake I've made, it's not doing that early enough for some people. and kind of showing them the door a little bit earlier, not in a mean way, but just in a I just don't think this is the right place for you anymore.
1: Which is Very impressive. Just so that people know, we are recording this today on 23rd of April. And right now, like Corona or COVID-19 is at its peak. So that's why we're talking about the financial terms. This episode will come out a little later. Um, Coming back to uh, the thing that you said, I am also, so I, I tell this and people don't believe me as a freelancer, there have been two or three projects where I went to the client and I said, this is not working for me and I want to leave now. I'll give you an example. So they tell me, we want this and this and this and this. And how I think my job is, you tell me what your problem is, and I'll give you a solution per your need. Because people have worked in other companies where they have seen Salesforce, they want it exactly like that, you know. And then I said, if you just want me to copy paste from the other guy, somebody else can do it. So that was my, and I then said no to the client, and I left. And a lot of people were like, how can you say no to that money? And I'm like, it's not about money, man, you know, it's, it's, I want to be challenged when I go to work. Like if you do ask me to do a copy paste, I can do it one time. You know, I want this UI to look like that one. Okay, I understand maybe, but every time, so the, this was a startup and the founder had used Salesforce in his previous company, and somehow he just wanted to do the same things. And I'm like, no, tell me what your problem is and I'll make it for you. Like, you know, that's why you hire a consultant. So yeah, so, so saying no is a skill that I also learned Uh, later in life. And it's a very important skill. One of the challenges that you didn't mention and a lot of people mentioned, and I'm curious why you didn't say recruiting, finding talent is easy. It's not a challenge for you.
0: Um, It is a challenge. It it depends. So um, it's easy to find people that have no experience and want to do Salesforce, right? It's hard to find people that like to work. And it's hard to find people that share your values and your level of uh, trust and integrity. And, and that's what our customers buy as far as trust and integrity. So you can find somebody that can do the sales force, but are they a good fit for your company? And the other side of it is, are they going to be able to support your business model? And this is something that um, a lot of people don't get when they are consultants. So the challenge with being a consultant is that customers are really relying on you to bring your 100% expert knowledge to the job. And you may not always have that expert knowledge. And so you need to be able to have a conversation with the customer to find out what their real requirements are and what their business problem is, because it may just beyond, be beyond the Salesforce capabilities and then being able to say, hey, this isn't really how Salesforce works. It's not a good fit. There might be another tool that's, that's a better fit for that. And when you think about hiring people, you know, do we, are we the right fit for them for several years? Or are we just, they're going to work here for a year. And if they want to work here for a year, then we're probably not the right place for them in the first
1: right, place. Right, right, right. Fair enough. So what is your advice to the budding forcepreneurs, Like somebody who wants to get started?
0: Don't spend all your, yeah. So my advice to uh, okay. a budding forcepreneur don't spend all your money at once. You may get one project, but you're going to need to finance that project and you're going to need to pay people before you get paid. So you need to be very fiscally conservative and you need to be able to protect yourself and protect the other people that you may have to pay to do the work. If you get a reputation for not paying folks, nobody's gonna wanna work with you, right? Um, And then also thinking about what are the terms that your customers are gonna pay you on. So if you're a smaller company, customers are usually okay with paying earlier. And if most of your work is with small companies, they will pay you quicker. However, small companies tend to run out of money earlier. So you may also not get paid at all. So you need to have a strong contract.
1: Right, interesting. Yeah, I think that's it, that was pretty good. Um, in the end do you look up to someone for inspiration or uh, so you are a solopreneur when you when you face challenges or questions and you don't know whom do you go to or look up to do you have that circle of trust or somebody whose life you read or book
0: so I prefer to work with real humans who know me and who I know there's a some women that really come to mind, so this uh, I have a group of guys that I meet every month and we support each other through our businesses and that is my circle of trust and those, those um, folks are just amazing. We've been all working together for about four or five years now. And then if I think about the, the humans that I know who have really touched my life, my life and made a difference, I would have to say uh, Laurie Williams from Appirio. She hired me, so I always was like, well, you hired me, I'm your problem. Um, even as she rose up um, and her job became much bigger, she she always had a hand on my shoulder and, and really helped me out, and I still stay in contact with her, and she's a great mentor to me. Um, Leila seker So Layla is just a, a force of nature and a, a woman to be recognized with, incredibly smart, very brave. She was the... Uh, one of the ladies that led the charge at Salesforce for Equal Pay. And Layla will tell you exactly how it is. And she'll also tell you some real hard truths about, you know, what you need to work on and how you need to get better. Um, She's a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, support. If you have Layla in your corner, you're going to win that fight, that's for sure. And then there's another woman who I know in Houston called Carolyn Rhodes. And Carolyn Rhodes has started an entrepreneur platform called Ask Alice, Uh, that's very tightly linked to uh, the Dell community and Carolyn supports female entrepreneurs across the world um, with micro entrepreneurship but also um, across the US and she is a very 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 wise woman.
1: Well you just gave me three more new guests thank you for that (laughs) so yeah um, how do people get in touch with you is Endium hiring if they want to join you if they have to get in touch with you what are the best channels?
0: Uh, yep. So we're always on the lookout for good talent and we're always on the lookout for know folks who want to move their career along with Salesforce and, uh, along with uh, consulting. They can just come out to us uh, through the website or, you know, reach out to me on Twitter, just like Salesforce did eight years ago. Um, (laughs) yeah, lots of, lots of different channels. So find me on LinkedIn, find me on Twitter, uh, find us on our website, ndm.com.
1: Yeah, but I think on Twitter it's hard to message you because I tried to, but I think it's blocked. But oh, maybe do
0: you, know, do you know what? Um, sometimes I'm not always the most responsive person, but if you have some tenacity, you'll
1: get to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this I can also <laughs> say because so I wrote her on LinkedIn, and uh, the reply came at least three to four weeks later, but it did come. So, it did come, yeah, right? So yeah. I yeah, have my yeah. list
0: of things to do, and sometimes, yeah. um, so usually I'm focusing on on sales and the team, and then other other uh, events will happen. They just might not always happen on somebody else's timeline.
1: Fair enough. I must also say, once you read the message and we started the conversation, then everything f- happened quite fast. So it took a while, but then everything happened. Okay, before we finish, I hope you know, I have a quick rapid fire round. So it's just this or that. So it's a little bit of a, the personality of the person. And um, are you ready?
0: Uh, go for it. This or that.
1: Okay. So tea or Coffee. Coffee. Windows or Mac? Mac. Blog posts or tweet?
0: Man, that's rough. Um, oh.
1: Tweet. Ebooks but or hard copy?
0: Ebooks.
1: Are you a morning person or a night person?
0: I'm a twenty four hours a day person. <laughs> I did. I have four year old twins. They were up all night last night, bouncing around.
1: All right. Your favorite holiday destination?
0: Anywhere with a warm beach.
1: All right. Fish and chips or shepherd's pie?
0: shepherd's pie i just made that this week
1: (laughs) okay gordon Ramsay or jamie oliver jamie oliver nice which city do you like to travel to for business
0: san francisco i have a lot of friends there it's always a super fun time
1: as a business traveler which hotel chain is the best value for money
0: i don't know if it's the best value for money but i am 100 percent loyal to the Marriott chain they have been very very good to me for my whole career
1: your favourite golf course, as you mentioned? The
0: course that we play the most is uh, the one that we belong to, which is Champions, which is owned and run by Mr. Jackie Burke, um, who won the Masters.
1: Yeah, Your best Dreamforce and why?
0: The year we started the Girly Geeks, because that was the year... Oh, I'm going to get emotional. Um, the year we started the Girly Geeks, that was the year that I recognised there were other women like me who wanted to go to Dreamforce and meet people and have people to hang out with uh, and not get their bum pinched at the bar. And, and that was possibly the year that made me. So it'll be 10 years this year.
1: Kudos to you. Very nice. Uh, last question. Can Google be dethroned?
0: Anybody can be dethroned. Anybody. Just mix of mix of uh, time, money, process, fortunes, you know, the world, anybody can be dethroned. I hope not, because I love Google, but anything is possible.
1: All right. Just I'll ask two bonus questions and let's see if we add that. What is the most awful thing that you have seen in an org? <laughs>
0: um, gosh. Oh, look at org confessions on Elements Cloud. That's lots of awful things. Some of those I've written. Um, not necessarily the most awful thing I've seen in the orgs. But I can tell by an org, in one glance, whether it has been self-implemented by somebody who never knew Salesforce by looking at the security setup.
1: Interesting, and what is the most impressive thing you have seen in an org?
0: Do you know what I love, what I really love, is when you look at a Salesforce org and it works for the users. And it works for users to easily enter their data that they need to do their day-to-day job. And it works for the executives that need to get the data out. Um, that allows them to make business decisions. So SaaS companies and energy companies that we work with tend to have stylish orgs.
1: Nice. Nice. Thank you, Geraldine. That was really, really wonderful talking to you. I am totally convinced why these people recommend it. Berlin is a nice city to visit. Then please say hello. I would love to get lunch and maybe some drinks with you. I would love to have drinks with you. You look like a fun person. That would be really fun.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I have never been known to, to say no to a gin and tonic <laughs> or a bottle of champagne. Anybody who really knows nice. me. Gin and tonic or a bottle of fizz. I'm pretty cute on that. So I would love to get together in real life. That'd be fantastic. Thank you. Sure.
1: Do you have any closing notes?
0: You know, I think if you're thinking about moving along in your Salesforce career, just be brave. If you don't try, you don't know. And if you try and it doesn't work out, you can always go back. Leave those doors open and you can always go back. But be brave. If I hadn't put together that first Girly Geeks session, you know, 10 years ago, um, probably wouldn't be where I am now. Or my life would look very different at
1: least. That's very beautiful closing note. Thank you so much for that. It was really a pleasure talking to you.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
1: That's it for now, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, check out the other episodes. Please like, share and subscribe to Forcepreneur. We are available on all major platforms. If you have feedback about any episode or would like me to interview someone, please go to www.forcepreneur.com and let me know. I will get back to you as soon as I can. This is Ankita signing out. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.